Welcome to another episode of Nipe Story. This is a fortnightly podcast that brings you audio versions of short story fiction from Kenya and across the continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mwachiro. And on this episode, we're featuring an African proverb by Caroline Mbaya. Shippel, Amsterdam Airport, Gate Z23. It must have been the fact that she reminded me of my nyanya that made me linger a little longer on her face. Down the aisle, past the duty-free shop with bored attendants, through the confectionery shop she came, wobbling as if one leg was shorter than the other. A multicolored woven bag hung on her right shoulder. Tufts of gray hair peeked out from under an elaborate headdress that she balanced majestically. The headdress was blue, with silver trimmings, and it made the elderly woman approach look like a peacock performing a mating dance as her head turned right to left, then left to right. I took a moment to observe her, maybe too long, and our eyes met. I smiled the customary polite smile given to strangers, and this was enough to encourage her to limp toward me. Can I sit here? I'm going to sit here then, she said to no one in particular settling her sisal-woven bag firmly on the floor under the seat to my right. I put on my dark sunglasses and lifted my Vogue magazine so I could observe her in the unobtrusive American way. She was a heavy-set woman, and her frame, almost six feet tall, was slightly stooped. The cracks on her soles, visible in her beaded sandals, reminded me of parched earth. She had a heavy scent, a mixture of talcum powder and coconuts that transported me back to days spent sitting on a three-legged stool in front of the beach. These were carefree days filled with sun and laughter, eating coconut rice out of calabashes and watching as Nyanya and her co-wives took turns in front of the broken mirror resting on a makuti-thatched hut. So this, what they call transit, It means the aeroplane, it ran out of Mafuta, not so. The Swahili word brought a smile to my face. I could tell from her pronunciation that she was Mijkenda, just like Nyanya. It got me excited. I wondered if I should ask her if she knew my grandmother. But just as quickly, I realized how foolish I was to assume that all Mijkenda were acquainted. In any case, it had been a long time since I had identified with my mother's family. I nodded and agreed politely. She removed the brown woolen poncho that covered her upper body and revealed the sandy complexion of her flabby arms that jiggled as she crossed them. The maxi dress she wore was yellow and made of kanga. Instinctively, I started to look for the proverb. It was a habit I had picked up from Nyanya's maid, who swore that it was the best way to know when Nyanya had argued with a co-wife and therefore was in a foul mood. The proverbs of the Kanga were messages of love, caution, or warning that the women sent each other. Her proverb was printed just below her left thigh. I leaned in a little. Ukistajabu ya Musa, utaona ya Firauni. If the acts of Moses fill you with wonder, wait until you see the acts of Pharaoh. I started to look away when my gaze fell on the half-open sisal bag below, 
where brown and gray shells were moving about. She must have seen my jaw drop, for she grabbed the bag quickly and zipped it, giving me an impish smile as she did. Oh, these are snails. I take to Germany as present for my new husband. I met him when he came to Kenya for holiday in August. Now he sent plane ticket for me to go and marry. I nodded, secretly thinking what a wonderful tale I'd have for daddy when I landed. I knew then that she was at the wrong boarding gate, but I figured someone else would eventually point it out. I looked around. People in varying shades of black and white were busy finding a place to plug in their electronics, settling down for their layovers. It was too late to undo it now. She was firmly planted by my side with that determined look of friendship. I told her how fortunate she was to be finding love at such an advanced age, and she laughed a gentle laughter that she punctuated with loud claps and slaps on her thighs, which made her ample bosom jiggle. Can I tell you a story? Back home, when the sun goes down and we want to pass time, we tell stories. I'm going to tell you a story then. There's a saying we have back home. Kikulacho kinguoni mwako. It means the thing that bites you is inside your clothes. And I'm telling you this story because you say how lucky we are to have found each other. Me, a 70-year-old woman from Ribe, and him, a 75-year-old man from Germany. You from Germany also? The people on the next aisle sighed and raised their eyebrows in irritation. She was speaking a bit too loud and waving her hands to make her points, just like Nyanya would do. I replied that I was American. What? No. America. Well, you know we think you people with skin like fresh coconut come from the same place. I smiled. Mother would have been thrilled to hear this woman mistake me for a Caucasian. She had been happy that my features were more like my American father than her Kenyan complexion, dark as cocoa beans. The year I turned 15, three months before we left for America, I overheard her bragging to her friends about it. She came out completely mzungu. None of that had had African hair, I tell you. I felt worlds away from her. So where was I? Ah, yes. She seemed to have noticed that my thoughts had strayed, but she continued with her story undeterred. On this Tuesday afternoon, hot, hot day like steaming port, it would be better to sit under Mnazi, but it's tourist season, you see. So I go to market near hotel to sell coconuts. And then, what do my eyes see? Salala, there she is. Right there coming from the Makuti bar. My own daughter. My first one. The one who tells me to mind my own life, as if the chick hatched its mother. What's the problem with that, you say? Wait, I finish. So this daughter of mine, coming from Makuti Bar, is with who? My own Mze. If you see his hands on her like a fisherman with his biggest catch, would you guess he was the same one pulled out her baby teeth? That night, he returns home smelling of sour mnazi, and my mouth will not give him peace. But instead of repenting, he says that a daughter learns her behavior from her mother. Mtoto akibebwa, just like that, I am hitting him with the panga for cutting coconuts, and his head starts pouring, pouring out like the insides of a slaughtered chicken. 
I held my breath and looked around to see if anyone else had heard this open confession of murder. The Ghanaian man wearing a matching kente shirt and trouser outfit peered at me over his rimmed glasses. My son walk in, see me holding panga, myself feeling confused like I had been drinking manazi. It is he who takes his stepfather and throws him at the deep point at Ukunda Beach. Hey, kushikwingi kwona mengi. E, there I go with my proverbs again. I should really teach you Swahili. I'm getting tired of translating. Our forefathers had that saying that the longer you live, the more you get to see. And not in a good way, of course. They meant that you will be shocked at the things that people will do in your older years that wasn't done in your time. So, every Tuesday for six months, I go to a place where my son dropped the body. Because to me, it's like a bad dream. Sometimes I think that my husband, he come up from the sea and slapped me for hitting him on the head. Then one day, I feel hand on my shoulder and I jump back. Then I see this new Germany man I am going to marry now. And with that, she clapped two loud claps that jolted the sleeping Chinese man on the bench to the floor. You see how strange life is? Hee! A Chicago law episode flashed in my mind and I started to panic that this old woman had made me an accessory to murder. I pointed out to her quietly that she was at the wrong boarding gate. Wee! Now to carry these snails across to the other side of the airport. As I waved her off and wished her well in her new life, I could see the other passengers at the boarding gate craning their necks to catch a glimpse of the woman trudging off with a bag full of snails, leaving behind an unsolved murder and the dread for the unsuspecting man who was waiting for her in Germany. Our boarding call was announced just as I made to retrieve my brown leather-bound journal from my bag. The journal was daddy's present to me when I quit my job to move to Kenya for a year. He knew that I had been struggling, trying to reopen a relationship with a mother whom I had not seen in over a decade. I ran my hands over the smooth leather. For the first time, I noticed the proverb embossed on the bottom. Maviakale, Hayanuki. Old droppings do not stink. An African proverb was long listed for the 2015 Short Fiction Journal Prize and was read to you by Christine Otieno and written by Caroline Bayer. Caroline is a researcher, educator and writer. She's a published author whose stories have appeared in the Wasafiri Literary Journal and in the Quill and Ink anthology, Eistas. Her self-published collection of stories, Backfence Talk and Other Vices, is now available in print and on Kindle. Nipe Story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from. Please write a review, rate, and share the podcast with your people. You can follow us here on SoundCloud. On Facebook, we are Nipe Story. And on Twitter, our handle is Nipe underscore story. Keep safe, keep sane, and keep well. Thank you for listening. Nipe Story is a finger piano production. <laughs>